Good day, everyone. It's a beautiful day in the Psyche community. Welcome to Psyche Podcast. You are here with your podcast hosts, Dr. Zamika Simmons-Yan, Dr. Jackie Canning, and Dr. Heathen Patadia, where we will spill the tea on hot topics in psychiatry. That's right. Here on Psyche Podcast, you will get the 10-minute lowdown on what's steaming in the world of psychiatry and mental health. We ask you to listen to the episodes, rate us and review us. Better yet, share the Psyche Podcast with your friends where we all can sip on the Psyche tea and maybe have a side of lemon. Well, I hope the Psyche community is filled with excitement because we have a lot of tea to spill. This week, the hot topic surrounds a question that has circulated in the mental health realm for a while. The question, is it MDD or bipolar disorder? Yep, for 10 minutes, let's talk about how to distinguish between major depressive disorder and bipolar disorder. We encourage you to look in the show notes because there is a link to a PsyQ webinar featuring two experts in the field of psychiatry, Drs. Towen and Trevetti, who discuss this very topic. This is an amazing resource given their expertise. So check out the show notes for the link to psyche.org. But today, Jackie will provide us with a brief overview of is it MDD or bipolar disorder? And will also give us some insight to what she personally sees in practice. Heath, and I'm so excited to pick Jackie's brain. How about you? I'm excited as well, uh, Amika. Um, so Jackie, would you tell us a little bit about uh, the prevalence of major depressive disorder and bipolar disorder in the United States? Are there any differences? Are they similar? Could you walk us through that? Absolutely. Yeah. So bipolar disorder and MDD often get confused and we're going to talk about a little bit about that uh, down the road but i think it's really important to understand that no matter what numbers we have they're probably underreported so because of the confusion between the two diagnoses and diagnoses and essentially uh, the fear of being labeled with a diagnosis so we currently think about 16 percent or so of individuals across all ages are diagnosed with MDD versus those with bipolar disorder are probably just under 4% in terms of lifetime prevalence. Um, but what's interesting is that when you break it down by age, really the burden of one disorder versus another is different. So when you're thinking about major depressive disorder, the burden of the diagnosis by age really happens for those individuals, uh, it's higher for those individuals between 30 and 60-ish versus the, the burden of it is really for those individuals of the young um, in terms of bipolar disorder. So you're looking at a higher prevalence among your 18 to 29-year-olds. So um, really different in terms of prevalence. You know, Jackie, regardless of whether it's major depressive disorder or bipolar, it seems like the burden for these conditions range wide from economics, suicide, life expectancy, and even the effects on family. They're prevalent for both. 
especially if left untreated. But what have you seen in practice? Is there a huge difference in the burden with respect, you know, to public health for patients with MDD versus bipolar disorder? Yes, and, and I want to clarify to the psych community that I haven't practiced in a few years, so I've been with OSCO for a few years now, but when I was practicing, it was pretty clear to see the differences in terms of, say, uh, marital status. So I found that the individuals diagnosed with bipolar disorder were often divorced or single versus those with major depressive disorder there might be a difference in their abilities to have continuous employment. So I would see often that my individuals with bipolar disorder were uh, less likely to have continuous employment versus the individuals that I was treating with MDD. And I, I could usually kind of tell the difference between the two looking at their ability to um, focus and, and and we even see a difference according to the statistics in life expectancy. So an individual with bipolar disorder has a shortened life expectancy up into the teens, actually, in terms of um, a shortened lifespan. We see from the Katie trial that in schizophrenia, they could be into uh, 20 to 25 years shorter uh, life expectancy. And, and for uh, the individuals with bipolar, it can be somewhere in the teens shorter. So it's it's very interesting data, very sad data. So Jackie, we know the importance of correct diagnosis, especially when we're thinking about treatment. And I know that some of our listeners would like to get a snapshot or review the diagnostic criteria of bipolar disorder and major depressive disorder. Could you touch on the diagnostic and the spectrum of symptoms for these conditions? Absolutely. You see some overlap, obviously, in the depressive symptoms. And so when you're thinking about major depressive disorder, the diagnostic criteria are depressed mood, sadness, emptiness, hopelessness, irritable mood, loss of interest or pleasure in activities, weight changes, sleep changes, changes in movement. So they could be less um, activity or more activity in terms of psychomotor agitation or retardation. You can have loss of energy or fatigue, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, difficulty concentrating, and thoughts of suicide. And you'd be looking for five or more of those symptoms in at least a two-week period, the same two-week period, that would be a change from their previous functioning, right? And at least one of them has to be depressed mood or diminished interest or pleasure. So when you're thinking about that with major depressive disorder, and comparing it to a depressive episode with bipolar disorder, they're essentially the same. And the individuals coming in, for me at least, were more likely to come in with a depressive symptoms. They, um, especially if they had bipolar disorder, they didn't want to be depressed. They've been manic before, they've been much higher than euthymia, and being even below euthymia, it, it's extreme for them. And that would bring them in. And so that's often where the confusion would lie if you didn't have a lot of data on this person or you didn't have good historic information from a corroborating source like a family member or a friend or another provider, if they haven't had their first manic episode yet or um, it's not been a full manic episode or whatever the issue is, these individuals look the same. 
Uh, and it isn't until they have that manic episode, you witness that manic episode, corroborating information comes in that tells you about that manic episode where you can differentiate them from major depressive disorder. So when you're looking at the spectrum of manic symptoms, so it's often described as kind of euphoric, but maybe a rapid shift between different states, including irritable and dysphoria. And you're looking at uh, different feelings. They can be elevated, expansive, or irritable mood. Like I said, it could be euphoric, so it could be excessively cheerful. Um, some of my patients had thoughts that were kind of that inflated self-esteem or grandiosity, some sort of story that they'd come in with that kind of elevated their importance in some way. They'd often have racing thoughts and they were difficult to follow during the interview process. They had a flight of ideas, just kind of jumping from one idea to another. They had poor judgment, unrealistic belief, denial of illness could have also been present, which is often present in, in many of the seriously mental illnesses. Some of their behaviors included intrusiveness, aggressiveness, they may be loud, forceful, um, have be rapid or provocative in some way. They were increasingly sociable, which is not great right now during COVID-19. They were easily distracted. Um, they could be restless. And recklessness is a, is a diagnostic trait as well. So this could be spending sprees, foolish investments, you know, that sure thing, and then putting all of their money that they own into it, or increased sexual promiscuity. So being able to address that as well is important in this group. And then physically, they often demonstrated an increase in energy, increase in activity outside of the usual hours of the day, and a decreased need for sleep, which is often one of those differentiating factors. So they weren't sleeping and they didn't feel like they needed to sleep versus when I was talking about the symptoms of major depressive disorder, and I said sleep changes was one of those diagnostic criteria, they could be sleeping too little or too much, but the difference between the two groups, if they were sleeping too little, is that the individuals with MDD wanted to sleep but couldn't. And then the individuals with bipolar disorder weren't sleeping and didn't feel like they needed to. They didn't feel like they needed it or wanted it. So that often be a differentiating factor. And in terms of diagnostically to have the diagnosis of bipolar, there had to be at least one manic episode in bipolar one or a hypomanic episode in bipolar two. And it had to be an abnormally elevated mood or an expansive mood or an irritable mood. Um, and the goal-directed activity or energy uh, for at least uh, one week. And if it was uh, irritable mood, there had to be four symptoms present of everything I just described. And if uh, it was expansive or elevated mood, it could be three of those symptoms. So you're really looking for a lot during the diagnostic interview. You're really trying to pick things out of their history, and you're really hoping for a corroborating source so that you can get information from their past too. Because like I said, they often don't come in when they're manic. A lot of them enjoy it. They come in when they're depressed. And so then you might think you're looking at an individual with MDD. Wow, Jackie, that, that's actually very helpful. And I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners appreciate you diving into those um, criteria. But, you know, in practice, I consistently hear and even see where providers struggle with 
those clinical features of MDD and BD, um, especially since there's so many that are overlapping, the overlapping symptoms. So this is kind of a, a two-part question, but what have you seen that has drawn the line in the sand? Are there specific features to one and not the other to really differentiate between the two? And also, given what experts have laid out, what would you say is the greatest indicator of bipolar among those patients who present with depression? Well, those are two loaded questions, but I'm going to do my best. Um, so essentially, there is no, the only diagnostic criteria that is your differentiating factor is an episode of mania. So being able to diagnose that, that'll, that'll be your big differentiating factor. But I find the only sure symptom are the only sure thing to be able to diagnose these different between these two different disorders is time being able to see these individuals over a good course of time and there are some things that have shown up in research that often are associated with one or another so for example if the individual is diagnosed after the age of 25 they're often more likely to have major depressive disorder to not be uh, really actually having bipolar, you just haven't detected it yet, versus if the diagnosis happens before age 25, the research has associated those individuals more with bipolar depression. Another one would be you're looking at uh, how fast did the symptoms come on. So research has, has seen evidence that if it's a gradual worsening, those tend to be more major depressive disorder patients versus if it's more abrupt or often periodical or seasonal, leaving out seasonal affective disorder, that's a whole different conversation. That is more associated with bipolar depression. So just kind of thinking about things like that are associated with one or the other. All of this is genetic. So there are genetic components to all of this, but having a, a positive family history for bipolar disorder, when I hear that with when I heard that with any of my patients, I instantly was thinking about, okay, is this really bipolar? If someone was demonstra or demonstrating depressive symptoms to me, I would really be thinking about that. And um, some, there are also symptoms you can look for that are more common with one or the other. Now, these aren't sure things, but research over time has been able to show an association again. So those individuals that have comorbid anxiety, so research shows us that uh, you know, MDD, 50% of those patients, those individuals suffer from anxiety as well. It's, it's the two go hand in hand. If someone's been diagnosed with MDD, I often screen for anxiety just to make sure that they didn't have, I wasn't missing something. Also, appetite disturbances were much more common or much more associated with major depressive disorder. So our physical complaints uh, in terms of feeling their depression, more in their body, maybe complaining of pain or achiness or something like that. Having initial insomnia with the, the symptoms is more associated with MDD as well as weight loss. If we look on the other side, symptoms more commonly associated with bipolar disorder include hypersomnia, so sleeping a lot during depression, and it, some hypothesize that's the body's way of trying to catch up for not sleeping enough when they were manic. Psychomotor retardation, so because the body is so worn out from mania, um, some hypothesize that they have more of that psychomotor retardation, the body kind of slows. 
they tend to complain of fewer physical complaints if they have bipolar depression uh, and maybe um, not feeling it as much as others. So those are just a few that you have that are associated between the two. So these are not steadfast criteria, but they are things to think about if you're starting to see a, a good constellation of these in patients, then they might be more associated with one or the other. Wow. Heathen, did you have anything else to add? I'm still trying to absorb all that information. Jackie, that was great. Thank you so much. It was. It was amazing. Wow. We just spilled the tea with a 10-minute hot topic on PsyQ. And thanks, a big thank you to Jackie for being our expert today on MDD and bipolar disorder. So there you have it. You've heard it for yourself right here on the PsyQ podcast. But you don't have to stop here. Definitely check out our show notes for the links to more resources on today's discussion on PsyQ.org. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more hot topics right here on our podcast, please rate and review us. And also please subscribe so you can always get the new episode whenever it drops. Check out our other social media platforms as well, like Twitter and YouTube. So until next time, thank you for listening, everyone, and have a great day.